What's up? It's your boy, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast, hailing out of the beautiful, gorgeous, and expensive Livermore, California. I'm going to be, once again, just jumping right into it, because once and for all, I got things to do, you got things to do, and for the most part, we have, we have dinner to make. We got chores to do, and I can't just be entertaining you guys all day making podcasts. Hey, you know what? I could potentially do that if you want to go ahead and click a link on my bio and send your boy Ruby Rube over a few shekels. Send me some of that Dogecoin. Send me some of that Bitcoin. Whatever. I know you got it. Come on, man. These podcasts don't make themselves. Anywho, the word of the day is triage. The definition of triage is the preliminary assessment of patients or casualties in order to determine the urgency of their need for treatment and the nature of treatment required. Now, to understand triage, even though I just gave you the definition, there's probably some... I, I see the blank stares out there. You guys are like, what? Triage? Triage is essentially, let, let's say you're in a war and your platoon has taken on a bunch of wounds, casualties, injuries, and you as the field uh, medical hand or whatever that person is called, the medical aid, you need to perform triage. You need to go to where the injured soldiers are and you need to assess their injuries you're not going to waste your time, waste your precious, valuable seconds and medical resources performing a medical procedure on someone who has half of their skull missing from a gunshot wound. Why? Because, you know, that person's probably going to die, has a very high chance of dying. Meanwhile, there's another soldier next to him who has a bone sticking out of his leg He's going to survive. More than likely, he can probably tend to him. Someone who has like a superficial skin wound, maybe a broken finger. You, as the person who is going to be giving aid to all of these wounded soldiers, you need to perform triage and you need to assess the severity of these people's injuries, wounds, and you need to rank those in, in order. Hey, who's going to die? Who's going to die immediately? And who's going to be all, all right, essentially? So with the medical knowledge and wisdom that you gain by going through a medical school and obtaining the credentials and certifications, you're going to be able to properly triage and support uh, a situation which would call for some triaging measures to be implemented. So that is the definition of triage. Now, I bring up the word triage because that is going to be a important word in the day's subject. Today is Tuesday, May 9th. And there is a special day, a special week that is being celebrated. Um, on May 12th, it is going to be Florence Nightingale's birthday. Now, I will get into 
who Florence Nightingale is. If you know who Florence Nightingale is, go ahead and leave me a little comment saying, hey, I already know this. But I, I tuned in and listened to the nuggets of wisdom that your boy Ruby Rube was able to drop and deliver. But before we get to Florence Nightingale, this week is Nurses Week. And I find it convenient that Nurses Week is always on the same the same weekend as Mother's Day. I, I'm not sure if they planted that out on purpose or if just coincidence um, happened as such. But anywho, either way, it's Nurses Week. It is Florence Nightingale's birthday and it's Mother's Day. So this episode is going to be dedicated to the nurses, to Florence Nightingale, and to the awesome angelical mothers out there. So bravo! The meat and potatoes is already, as I told you, going to be about nurses, mothers, and Florence Nightingale. But before we get to there, daddy's going to give you dessert first. That's, That's right. You know... That's what us dads do. We go against the grain. I'm going to give you some dessert right now. A little cherry on top. I'm going to add some extra whipped cream onto your sundae. And that's going to be the meat and potatoes because this one is probably going to give you a little sweet tooth. Now, I am a blessed man. I have a nurse in my life. I have a couple nurses in my life. But I am so fortunate enough to have married a nurse. Oh yeah. It's that smoking hot nurse with the grade A everything with the long flowy hair. You know what? She looks a little bit like a uh, Princess Jasmine from Aladdin. Oh yeah, that Disney princess is hot. And that's kind of what my wife looks like. Except for a much more banging body. And she just so happened to be a nurse. Now here's a little story. That that happened. I don't know. Within the last five, six, seven years. And it really shined a light. It enlightened me. On the important role. That having a competent nurse. Is so vital to society. And it's something that a lot of us take for granted. Now, back at the time when this story happened, my wife, she needed to get recertified in, I don't know, some type of work. She needed a credential. I don't know. There's always some type of education that needs to get enhanced and brought up to par with how the nursing industry And the technology advancements, all of the nurses, yearly, they have to get recertified, re-educated. Because you can't have a nurse living with the, and working in the 1975 work ethic and work philosophy and knowledge of someone who lived in 1975. Nope, there are new practices, there's new tools, new everything. And they come out year after year. And in order for you to keep your nursing credentials, you need to stay on top of your education. So my wife, she had to do some retraining on our home computer. 
And we have an Apple laptop, so the high definition of the monitor, it made this baby look very realistic. And there my wife was, she was, I was, you know, just kind of doing my other duties around her, and, and I was just taking notice of what she had to do. I was like, oh, hey, you know what, that's interesting. And that's convenient that you can do it at home. So, the scenario went like this. My wife had to read a certain predicament that the baby was going through. There was like a little paragraph of like, hey, this baby is this, that, and that, and this is the problem. Go ahead and select the tools that you're going to need in which will allow you to proceed in helping this baby. And then once you click start, you have to drag over your tools. There's a clock that is going around. And the baby, the brand new born baby, is just sprawled out, motionless, soundless on the on the computer screen. And because of the advancements in technology, this baby looked real. And, you know, it, the, the baby looked real. I want to implore on you on how realistic the baby looked. And if you know anything about how a baby is, a baby is not just supposed to be sprawled out, laying down motionless with his arms and legs open. They're supposed to be, you know, uh, they're supposed to be making sounds. They're supposed to be, I don't know, Making baby, making baby sounds. Their legs are supposed to be kicking. Their their fingers are supposed to be flicking. They're supposed to be doing everything other than just lying there. Now, if you have a baby that is just lying on a emergency table, hey, there's something wrong. So my wife is clicking and dragging over the tools that are going to be necessary in remedying whatever situation this baby has going on. And she, so she does that, she drags the tools over, and now she starts to apply in the correct measure and the correct order of, hey, this tool goes first, this tool goes second, pump, compression, and yada yada. And before you do that, you have to connect certain monitors to the baby to mon- monitor the oxygenation of the blood, the heart, and whatever series of things need to be measured. All I know is that air goes in and out and blood goes round and round. But because my knowledge of how the human body works as it pertains to remedying a potential catastrophic situation, that remains at an elementary level. My wife, she's a nurse. So she hooks the baby up to the monitors, does the certain procedures... And you can see that the oxygenation of the blood is starting to increase. The heart is starting to beat more rapidly. And in not too much time, the baby now is crying. The baby's now is finicky. It's moving and it's doing all of those healthy indicators, which would lead you to believe that the baby has been ultimately saved. So I was like, hey, wow, right on. That's that's awesome. So once, once she was done uh, doing her credential, she got the certificate and she passed. I told her to set me up. I was like, hey, let me get a crack at it. 
and then so you're you're allowed to do that you can take on certain scenarios and it's not going to go against your your profile or there's not going to be any negative markings so i'm like hey set me up with a scenario let me save this baby and then so sure enough she does and i'm sitting down at the computer and i have a brand new scenario right in front of me and i'm reading it it might as well have been in hieroglyphics or some type of foreign language because I didn't understand what was wrong with the baby. And then so I I click the start button. The time starts to... Uh, the, the seconds start to click by. And then the baby is lying sprawled out in the same situation. And I'm trying to click over some a various amount of tools. And it's just like, eh, nope, eh, eh, nope. Meanwhile, more time is going by. And so I'm trying to click and drag more tools. And all of the tools that I'm trying to implement are being rejected by the computer software. And guess what happens? Because time is going by, my digital baby, my realistic digital baby starts to turn like blue. It starts to turn gray. I'm like, holy crap. So I start to panic a little bit. So I'm like, hey, just set me up with the tools. Get me past this stage. And I will, I'll fiddle around, and I'm, and I'm gonna figure it out. And I see that the heart rate is going down, the blood oxygenation levels going down, and the baby is changing color. I'm like, man, all right, set me up. So she sets me up with all the correct stuff, equipment, and now it's time to go. And I'm, and I'm like, man, I don't even know what to do. Meanwhile, more time is going by. The baby is looking even. Even more like grayish, bluish. I'm like, all right, that's enough. Save the baby. So I stand up from the computer chair and I'm like, not not freaking out because I obviously I know that it's not real, but it's a simulation because here I am looking at a realistic looking baby and it's obviously dying. The heart is beating less. The blood oxygen oxygenation level is very low. I'm like, oh man, all right, save the baby. So my wife sits down and she starts to do everything as she's been trained. And she just keeps going. She does whatever the nurse nurses are supposed to do. And sure enough, the heart rate starts to increase. The oxygen level starts to increase. And a little bit of time goes by. Guess what happens? The baby starts to cry that color which was the uh the baby was blue and gray is now pink and red which is a indication of oxygenated blood and now the baby's crying which is a a indicator that hey the baby's doing all right and so i was like man right then and there i was like man these these nurses they are doing god's work they're doing the lord's work and it was it was awesome to see that that transition from hey having someone incompetent such as myself trying to save a baby from the grips of death and then having my wife come fly down with her angelic wings and put her angel touch onto the baby and rescue the baby which would have otherwise been death 
And even though she did save the baby from my negligence, my wife informed me that just because that baby sustained such a long time without oxygen is probably going to be brain dead, probably going to have some learning disability, probably going to have a huge mental handicap. So I was like, oh, wow. Man, this stuff is serious. And these are the things that we take for granted. There was another story where these nurses, they went on strike because they wanted more money. And after I went through that simulation, I'm like, man, give these people whatever they want. Because you could potentially have a situation like this happen. Where uh, the nurses went on strike and they had scabs. They had other non-union nurses step in uh, to take over their job. And when that happens, you get a lesser quality nurse. I'm not going to say all the time, but there's a higher probability that the treatment that you get is not going to be as good as if you had a fully competent nurse um, overseeing your care. For example, this one scab nurse, she pushed the wrong meds through an IV. That med that she pushed through the IV was supposed to be taken orally and that nurse pushed it through the veins and killed the patient. And this happened in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm like, wow. Ah, be damn. Crazy stuff. So go out and thank a nurse. You're going to need a nurse. A good, competent nurse at some point in your life. And luckily for me, I got a good, smoking hot, princess jasmine looking type nurse in my corner. So once again, I don't know what I did to deserve such a blessing, but your boy Ruby Rube is in good hands. Don't worry, y'all. I'm in good hands. Now, things don't start from nothing. There's always a first. And I'm going to be talking about the first nurse. The lady responsible for the whole nursing industry. Florence Nightingale. Now, I'm going to be tying in Florence Nightingale into another aspect of how we gather our strength. Because, after all, the main concept of this podcast is not just about getting jacked, lifting heavy weight, running far. Nope. Your boy, Ruby Rube, wants you to have that buff body, that buff mind, that buff bank, and that buff spirit. And Florence Nightingale, she had that buff spirit. She also, hey, she wasn't too bad on the eyes either. Go ahead and Google a picture of Florence Nightingale. And you can see, you could see a little glimmer in her eye. To where if she wasn't wearing that long nurse's gown and put on some of that hot nursing lingerie. Hey, that might have been the, the origins of the slutty hot nurse costume that we see all these women walking around come Halloween time. Oh yeah, Florence Nightingale, the first nurse and potentially the originator of the slutty nurse come Halloween time. Anywho, 
Florence Nightingale, what is the significance of her? How did she get her story? Well, you're going to learn today. Florence Nightingale, yeah, what a what an awesome gal. Born May 12th, 1820. She lived a, a long life, 90 years. And man, that is unheard of for an old, timely folk such as her living all the way back in the day. She died August 13th, 1910. Now, Florence Nightingale, she popped up on my radar. I was listening to a podcast. I think it's called Time Suck by Dan Cummins. And that guy, he talks about a whole bunch of random things. And he presents them in in a comedic fashion. It's comedy, informative. Hey, similar to what your boy Ruby Rube over here is trying to do. So, wow. Florence Nightingale lived a long, illustrious life. I'm not going to be able to cover everything about her. The aim is just to sow a little seed in you, the listener, to learn about somebody who stepped out of their comfort zone, stepped out of their norm, stepped out of the status quo of what was expected of her, and blazed her own trail. Because that is exactly what Florence Nightingale did. So when you think about Florence Nightingale and how she was the first nurse, uh, man, yes, she was born in the 1800s, but humanity has been around for much longer than that. So who was taking care of of the sick and the injured before Florence Nightingale? Nuns and monks and priests. So just people who... Who would just pray over you? Essentially, they they didn't know much about germs, diseases, infections, any of that. So, once again, Florence Nightingale, born a long time ago when women were not expected to do anything other than have babies. Make sandwiches and have babies. That's all that women were expected to do back in the day. In Florence Nightingale's time, her main thing in life was just to get married, have kids, and remain in the status quo. The family that Florence Nightingale came from was a wealthy family. They had status, they had stature, and they actually refused Florence Nightingale's wishes to go and become a nurse because they... In their minds at that time, that was something that was below their status and definitely below the status of a wealthy woman such as Flora Nightingale. So her parents weren't in support of her wishes, her dreams, and her desires. So check this out. Here's a little interesting statistic about Florence Nightingale. Apparently she had a dream. And she says that at the young age of 17, Florence claimed that she had a calling from God that she will embark in a great journey. At age 25, Florence professed to her parents that she wanted to dedicate her life to nursing. But her parents were very displeased with this career choice because it looked it was looked down upon. So yeah, those nurses back in the day, it was looked down upon because you didn't want to be amongst the sick 
the weak, the diseased people. No, that wasn't a place for a high societal woman such as Florence Nightingale. Fast forward uh, many years, so for a certain amount of time, I don't know how many years, but Florence Nightingale, she said that she wanted to make her family happy, so she remained status quo. She remained unfulfilled. She stifled the internal calling that she had, which was to go pursue pursue nursing, and she just was keeping her parents happy. And while she was doing that, she would hear she would hear stories. Uh, there was a war going on, the Crimean War. That war was going on, and it was her her community. It was her people, and she was hearing of a lot of them dying, not out on the battlefield, but dying from infection, dying from becoming sick. They were coming back with a loss of legs, loss of arms. And that resonated with her. So one day she snuck out. She snuck out from her house. And she went out to the battlefield. So I am skipping a bunch of highlights. Once again, the aim is just to give you a little little sneak peek. Hopefully catch your curiosity to go check her out. But she ends up going to the battlefield. And she sees that. The whole area where the sick and injured are kept is just a slogged down hellish place. Disease was running rampant and she did something about it. Rather than just remaining status quo, keeping her parents pleased and happy, she she fastened down her, her cummerbonnet, hiked up her skirt, Put on her hiking boots and took her ass out to the battlefield. Once again, in order to be considered brave, you have to act in the face of fear. And Florence Nightingale, she had the fear of being rejected from her family. She had the fear of, hey, go into a damn battlefield. But she was brave. She did it because... She was meeting her purpose. She was fulfilling her calling. And I'm going to be fast forwarding so much more. But yeah, she she organized everyone who was sick and injured and got them the treatment in a orderly, fashionable and sanitized way. And she set up a system. And then she taught other people how to. The, the best practices of nursing, the best practices of keeping wounds clean, how germs are spread, yada yada. And you know what? She even had a fight on the political front because there's some stories of her. She wanted some funding to, to help out. You know, she needed supplies. And so she had to go into politics to fight politicians to fund her her calling because prior to that there was none there was no budget for band-aids there was no budget for boo-boos you just had to pray you just had to have a nurse or a monk come over and pray over you 
And hey, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Rub a little dirt on it, and we'll see what happens. But Florence Nightingale, she did something about that. She organized everything. And because she did that, she saved countless of lives. And because she did that, she created inadvertently, like she wasn't out trying to start a business or anything like, hey, I'm going to go out, I see this need that needs to be met, and I'm going to go create a, a new job. Nope, she just went out and did what she thought was right, and it turned into an industry, the nursing industry. So every single nurse that has come after Florence Nightingale the origins tie all the way back to Florence Nightingale, and I find that fascinating. So here are some interesting facts about Florence Nightingale. I already talked about how her family did not want her to be a nurse because they thought that it was not a place for a woman, and it was not a suitable uh, place to be for a high society woman such as Florence Nightingale. But man, imagine that. That's that's kind of awesome that she went out and blazed her own path and didn't listen to her parents because she wanted to follow what was tugging at her heart. Uh, it says that Florence had a natural skill for analyzing data. She loved to write. She had a significant role during the Crimean War. Yep, she was helping all those wounded soldiers. Uh, and it says, at first, the army doctors did not want her or other nurses to help, even though they, they had been swamped. So once again, these male army doctors, they were like, no, women, get out of here. The battlefield is no place for a woman. And then it goes on to say that they saw Nightingale's opinions as attacks on their professionalism. Once again, hey, these women, they need to know their place, right? Back in the 1800s. The woman's place, as I mentioned already, was to get married, have kids, and keep the kids tidy, and food on the table. It was not on the battlefield, and the male doctors, their professionalism was being attacked by having this woman come over and insert her opinion. It says that it wasn't until the doctors became overwhelmed by bodies when they asked for assistance. Man, can you imagine that? being overwhelmed with bodies. Florence and the other nurses were able to improve medical and sanitary arrangements, setting up food kitchens, washing linens and clothes, wrote home on behalf of the soldiers and introduced reading rooms. Okay, so once again, becoming or being a nurse, it is much more than just, you know, putting band-aids on on wounds. You also have to heal the soul. And what she did was she set up food kitchens. Hey, because how's your body going to recover if it's weak and hungry? How are you going to fight off infection if you are malnourished? Uh, she was washing linens and clothes. Once again, how are you going to get back out on the battlefield and become healthy if your bed is inf infested with bugs, lice, germs, uh, goo, poo, crap? Everything else that could end up on a bedsheet in a battlefield. And it says that she wrote home on behalf of other soldiers. Guess what that did? That probably made them feel good that someone was getting a, their, their message out to their family. Potentially their last message. So she was able to do that for them. 
And she even introduced reading rooms. Reading rooms, you know there's probably a couple Bibles stuffed in that reading room to give people hope. Uh, another interesting fact about Florence Nightingale, uh, she was called the Lady with the Lamp. During her work in the Crimean War, Florence would nurse soldiers at night. She would carry a lamp with her during the rounds, which would lead to her nickname, Lady with the Lamp. She, she grew to be a person of fame as people were captivated by the lady who walked around with the lamp. And how awesome is that? What a sight to see. You're in pain, right? You're in pain. You're in a dark spot. It's just filth and hellish conditions. And then you see a lady with a lamp coming to give you a warm touch. Maybe some food. Offer some words of encouragement. And next thing you know, hey, you know what? You are not feeling as bad as you were moments ago. Until you saw that lady with the lamp, you knew comfort was coming. This is right here, founder of Modern Nursing. Nightingale is referred to as the founder of Modern Nursing. She proposed ways of improving sanitation, which is the foundation of modern medicine. Hey, the foundation of modern medicine. You know, you better wash your hands right now. During the war, Florence wrote to Lord Raglan, the British commander in the, in the Crimea, about the shortcomings in the medical arrangements for the sick and wounded and the shortage of trained medical orderlies in the wards. She stressed that many lives may depend depended on whether the issues were addressed or not. This effort made a huge impact on Florence and went on to make sure things were sanitized in hospitals around England. This enabled more women to join the nursing profession with Nightingale, advocating for education to elevate her nursing profession. So she was an advocate. Like I said, she had to go into politics a little bit because she needed to go and get medical supplies that were non-existent. And those medical supplies are going to give people their health back, their life back. It is a vital necessity. I guess she also spoke many languages. Hey, you know what? The more languages you're able to speak, the more people you're able to help. This says she left to travel. A training school for nurses was established in her honor. In 1860, Nightingale founded the world's first nursing school at St. Thomas Hospital in London. I'm going to have to Google that school and see if it's still operating. I know that Booker T. Washington's college is still going on, Tuskegee College, and it looks like Florence Nightingale started her own, her own little college, a nursing school. And so, I know what you're thinking, why is it important to learn about Florence Nightingale on a podcast called Gathering Strength? Now here's what the gathering of that information did for me when I first learned upon it. One, it made me realize a nether historical fact. When you go into a hospital, when you see a nurse, you now know, hey, the origins of how that came to be. You're not ignorant anymore. You know a little bit more of how the world works. You know Florence Nightingale. And you know what? Now you have something potentially interesting to talk about. Rather than talking about how many beers you drank, how many blunts you smoked, 
hey, maybe you could have an interesting conversation on Florence Nightingale. It also called to me in the aspect that it is okay to go against the grain. Status quo is going to be status quo. And you do not need to remain status quo. Your own parents are going to forbid you to do something that they feel is not up to your standard. That they feel is not a right direction for you to go down. They're going to they're gonna poo-poo on your dreams. Not only your parents, your family, your friends. And what is your purpose in life? To make them happy? Or is it to go out and do your due diligence in sorting yourself out and finding out what you are here for? What is your purpose? Think about if Florence Nightingale never stepped out into the chaos and applied her wisdom in which she was able to sort everything out. How many more people would have died and suffered because Florence Nightingale didn't step out of her comfort zone. She could have just been chilling at the house, living on daddy's dime, connecting to her mother's Wi-Fi, playing another round of Angry Birds. She could have been doing that. Nope. She took herself and she got a bag and she stuffed her courage. She stuffed her heroism in it. She stuffed her wisdom, her can-do, all in a bag, and she took it to a battlefield and just did her best. There wasn't even an industry. There wasn't even a word to describe what she did back then. She was just helping. Turns out, she was a nurse. So hail yes to all those nurses out there helping out their fellow man to, to suffer a little bit less to bring more uh, what, what are these nurses going to bring? These nurses are going to bring more comfort more compassion more encouragement and they're going to be taken around needless suffering needless pain unendurable circumstances and they're going to be putting their little touch of heaven into the pain that encompasses the person who is in pain because if it was up to your boy Ruby Rube and you had a baby who needed some help and and I'm the one who's going to be responsible for taking care of it man you might as well call over that priest and monk because it's not looking pretty but thankfully we have these nurses who are standing ready to apply their services and their know-how into making you feel alright. They're going to put a little band-aid on your boo-boo and they're going to blow it and then you're going to get a lollipop and they're going to make you feel better. So bravo. Cheers to all of the nurses out there. Cheers to all the mothers out there. And cheers to my smoking grade A wife who looks like Princess Jasmine. If you listen all the way to the end of this podcast episode, bravo, thank you. If you like what you heard, if you have a nurse, a newly aspiring nurse, 
hey, maybe for them this this little podcast. I'm sure they already know who Florence Nightingale is because I think it's like what they learn on day one. They learn about Florence Nightingale day one in their nursing class. So give me a like, give me a subscribe, give me a follow. And until next time, it is onward, always onward.